0: Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language Podcast. Uh, we are in the summer episodes, and usually what we do during the, during the summer, since there's not really much hunting season going on, is we t- try to bring in some off-the-wall interesting guests, people that have, you know, people that are just interesting people that y'all would want to hear from. And we couldn't really find that this week, so we got stuck with the brothers' hunt.
1: <laughs> Appreciate you, Lane.
0: Dude, I'm already <laughs> looking forward to
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> You
0: thought uh, I was about to set you up good, huh?
1: No, I kind of figured it would I go. I thought it was coming. I yeah. kind of figured it would go that way. <laughs> Put a sucker punch in there somewhere.
0: Oh, yeah. It got to.
1: You um, got to watch the Mississippi boys. You got
0: to. You got to keep a tight eye on them. So, this, like, I've been trying to get a podcast episode with y'all for, like, <laughs> shoot. since like, last summer sometime. Yeah,
1: a year. I would say a good year. Has it been that long?
2: Yeah. yeah, but we started to do it, like, we we're going to do it in person, and then deer season hit, and then turkey season hit, and then oh, NWTF. Yeah. We saw him at NWTF, and he was like, dude, can we do it here? And we're like, yeah. yeah. And then COVID happened, and it just never, it just never lined up, man. And I apologize. Not only,
0: not only that, those booths y'all had at the NWTF, the podcast booths? Bro. Golly.
1: Trash. Dude. Welcome to the NWTF. Now, and- let's
2: just set it up. This is how it would go. It'd be like, okay, who was the, uh, who was the guest <laughs> we had on?
0: What was that turkey caller? That was awesome. It was uh, a wasn't it? Grosonback, Grokinbacher. Grossenbach,
2: grok that's it. Grokinpawser. So he was like, uh, we we would be like, okay, man, walk us through. And you know, we all know the turkey calls, but we were like, walk us through the initial calls just because we wanted to hear him do them. And he'd be yeah, like, he's good. He'd be like, all right, here's a tree up. He'd be like, you right, ready? I guess.
1: hello ladies and gentlemen if you'd make your way down to booth five tonight we've got a special prize for the fifth contestant we'd be like okay hold on josh hold on josh time out, time out. i
2: mean it was yeah. just it was impossible you better man. get down here quick because they're going fast all <laughs> right we're wrapping up a shotgun
0: uh, i was initially like aggravated because something happened we had a miscommunication we were supposed to have a podcast booth like that and we're then gonna I gonna saw where they had them, and out. I was like, "That's not gonna work at all for anybody."
1: No, sir. Yeah, and so We were very blessed to have the booth there, and it was—we met some, you know, interesting people. People, but it was just very, yeah. We actually, we actually talked to the guy with the speaker, and we we're like, "Hey, man, like to keep it down. He's like, all right, tell us when you're gonna do we're it. Just and like
2: something. give us a signal so we know we've got 22 minutes before you go nuts, you know." What yeah. You?
0: Yeah, like I recorded one podcast in one of those booths with my buddies from the Hunting Public because yeah, they yeah. had a booth right there. And yeah. it's the same thing. Like we got interrupted like three times in one podcast. It's Ladies impossible. and gentlemen, the NWTF show will kick off in I'm seven minutes.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. Impossible.
0: Uh, so, there anyhow.
2: You. Are you sweating like
0: crazy down there in Mississippi right now? Dude, it is. like So, yeah, if I should notate that. Like, if you're hearing some background noise in this podcast because I'm on my back porch and I live in the woods. So, yeah, that's what that is. And it's hot and humid, and it sucks, especially because we were up in Maine, which we, we were talking about that before we started recording. Man, in Maine, in June, you'd wake up, it'd be 40 degrees. You'd get in, like, yeah. the 70s. It wasn't humid.
2: That's big boy weather right there. I'm
0: yeah. into that. Sheesh man. Cause this stuff here, it ain't like it ain't you, you walk you can walk outside your house at seven thirty in the morning and start sweating if you start brisk walking.
1: Oh yeah, man. <laughs> brisk walking. I ain't brisk walking nowhere, <laughs> That's though. the most Mississippi
2: thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> brisk not walk, fast, baby. Not, not fast walking, no. Brisk, brisk,
0: brisk walk. Oh man, that's what them soccer moms do when they're trying to get to a game with the snacks. Yeah, oh.
1: they do.
2: <laughs> I,
0: so let me uh let's get into some introduce yourselves to to everybody
1: you want to get it um yeah i mean so we're the brothers hunt uh i'm reed the younger better looking one and we got Dan, the older hairier one more successful you know
2: whatever (laughs) yeah whatever and basically who we are is just uh literal brothers that were in the music business and uh doing that thing and we do we're songwriters so we would be in the room with somebody and they would either we would be in camo or maybe or we would have deer pictures on our phone or we'd be talking about deer. We'd be talking about turkeys. We'd be talking about fishing. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of people up here, not only do they not understand it, but they don't even, they don't even really know it exists or how it happens. And so we would always find ourselves within the first 30 minutes or an hour explaining kind of who we were based upon you know what hunting season it was, what time of the year it was, and that was always. They were always really interested in that. And even <clears throat> I remember one time, there's a guy at Sony. He would mind me telling the story. Um, I didn't know him at the time. He's from Australia. His name's Lindsey Rhymes. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to the. I had an artist or something, and he was he was kind of trailing off, doing his own thing. So I walked to get some lunch. I, was, I just took a real quick break, and I walked out to the refrigerator. And I pulled out a little baggie. It was tenderloin medallions cut up. You know. Yeah. And so I had grilled the night before. And so when I broke them out, <laughs> Lindsay, my buddy, the guy from Australia was in the break room too. And he was like, uh, oh, cookies. And I was like, no, man. <laughs> <Cookies>. <laughs> These ain't cookies, man. This is tenderloin. And he was like, from, from what? And I was like, a deer. My Australian accent's very bad. I was like, a deer. And he goes, oh, a deer. <laughs> yeah. And I said, uh, you want to try one? He was like, no, 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 no. I like my meat from the store. <laughs> I was like, dude, anyway, he figured it out. He's tried some now, but just, just uh, everybody getting used to the, uh, the story of who we are as hunters. And so we just kind of were like, man, let's, we should take this opportunity to kind of, you know, like start an entity. And so we did it on Instagram and we started, uh, people started seeing it and artists and friends of ours who are artists and other songwriters saw it and were getting interested. And they started wanting to go on trips with us and, we hooked up with a couple of different artists and took them on to Turkey hunts and deer hunts. And, um, I think they just kind of started understanding that they can kind of trust us and yeah, and we won't make them feel stupid regardless of how intermediate or, or what
1: level they're at. You know what I mean? Cause there's right. all different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And that's kind of how like the brand, you know, the brothers hunt got started, but we started filming, uh, and, and putting out our little YouTube things just because we wanted to show people where we were going you know, and, and we're two yeah. Southern boys that are figuring out, trying to figure out the West, you know, in and, the and hunting Montana and, you know, and how, hunting to, for tags how to do it. And, and yeah. And going to Maine, you know, and doing all that stuff. And and we, we started video and just to, to show, you know, to show people different places and different hunting styles and, and cultures and, and uh, start putting those together, which turned into kind of our, our video thing, which evolved into now, the brand of what we are and what we do as musicians as well as hunters and brothers. And yeah, it just kind of all came together. It was a God thing for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really cool mix, man. Cause it, I like, I don't know. I like, I always like talking to people that found something that they were passionate about and that they love to do. And they just went after it. You know, that's, 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 that's,
2: that's what I like. Yeah. Well, we even talked about it on, on the front porch for a hunting camp about three years ago. And we were just like, you know, because you talk yourself into something, and you're like, oh, man, come on, we don't need it. We're not anybody. Nobody cares about what we have to say. And then, but once once you look at, like, the songwriting career where you just, like, laid it all out there in hopes that people, uh, you know, enjoyed it and latched onto it, dude, this is the same thing, starting a brand or starting to sure. start, you know, something. You just You just lay out who you are. And if people want to be involved with it they can, and if people don't that's fine too. It's no big deal either
1: way you know yeah. and you kind of have to decide that up front too It's like, am I going to care what people think about me or am I not going to care and, and are we going to, are we going to chase this thing you know like it is our passion and like we want it to be our job and
2: because uh, believe it or not, not everybody's supportive of your dreams, LP not everybody
0: is. <laughs> this is true
2: this and is true they'll try to stomp them out as fast as you. Can. Come up with them. And uh, honestly, man, haters are my motivators. You
0: know what I'm saying? (laughs) Something that I've learned, man. And it's like, it's, I mean, I'm not trying, I mean, it's not a negative thing. It's just true. It's just, sure, to the same point that you're saying, there are some people I don't know what it is. And it it doesn't, it's, it's not like a person specific thing. I think it happens to everybody. If you start finding, some sort of success or you start trying to like, again, you start trying to pursue something that'll make you happy. There's always going to be those people that for some reason are just like, nah, there's gonna yeah. have something negative to say about it. Or like, no, nah, don't do this. This is a bad idea. Yeah, do you look stupid.
2: Safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, music was the same way. I mean, it, there was luckily, we, our family's great. Our dad's a hardcore hunter and fisherman, and, and he's kind of one that introduces to that as as children or granddad's hunted. I mean, it was just, it's just in our blood. Right. So um, we had a family that was super supportive, regardless of whatever we dreamed up, they were always kind of uh, had our backs. And I think without that, I I think that's what develops those guys who kind of are girls or whoever it is that just kind of want to see you fail. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially like, again,
0: I can remember like my family, I remember telling them when I was 10 years old that I wanted to work for Primo someday. And I never got like a, you should look into something more realistic. They were (laughs) like, chase what you want to do. Chase what you want to do. Let's, um, so this is interesting to me. I like, I want some backstory on this. If y'all are willing to tell it. For sure. When I first met y'all, I knew, I mean, I'm like, again, it was like a year ago when I first talked to y'all, y'all were songwriters who, you know, around up in Nashville. How did you get there? And not, not only how did you get there, but what, like, how, how did it even become of, hey, this is what I want to do?
2: I guess I should probably go You go first. So I'm older than Reed. Uh, I'm four years older than Reed. I'm 36. Um, and I started playing music when I was, I mean, seriously, 12, 13, like, started playing guitar. And, um, I always wrote, right? I always wrote, like, poems. But I didn't want to be the weird dude that, you know, I played football, man. I couldn't be cutting poems loose. But then I found out that if you put them to song, you could get chicks. And so I started learning how to play guitar so that I could put my words to music. That helped out. I started playing I started writing songs in high school. Um, Got in a band, of course, kind of another band. I got a punk rock band called Freshman 15. We toured North Mississippi and did that thing for a while. And then I got in a a country band Well, me and my buddy Jamie Davis started. A band called Soul Gravy, and we played Mississippi State. That's where I went to school. Helped yeah, I played Starfle, right? Go dogs! Yes, yeah, State. man, we played Old Miss. Although I can't stand Ole Miss, I made a whole <laughs> lot of money off them frat boys, so I ain't that mad at them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then we went to Tuscaloosa. We traveled all around. Nashville started calling. This whole time, Reed was—he was, was all—he always sang. he'd be doing church specials. What was the one?
1: Go yeah. oh, for it. That the Lord of all the earth uh. Would my name That's about it.
2: <laughs> he, would, he would always sing church specials, you know. Song. So <laughs> he was coming, he was sneaking into the bars and watching us play and everything. And so my band started getting looks in Nashville. And in the process, I learned that you could write songs and you didn't have to go travel. I had already been on the road for 10 years. So I started trying to figure out how to write. Uh, I I met this guy that worked at Sony. He asked me to cut a demo, which is like, so you take five songs you've written and you go cut them with a band in in a studio. I borrowed $700 from my granddad, I borrowed $500 from my sister and her husband. I went and cut a session, a demo session. I took him to this guy. He held on to him for nine months. While he was holding on to him, I was working on the box truck and I saw softball bats in the corner of his office. And so I asked the secretary where he played softball. Found out where he played softball. Started umpiring at the place he's, he's played. Ran into him. Scheming,
1: he, man. Scheming, scheming dude. Yeah. You got to be hungry they up there. And what while that, that,
2: you wanted it bad. <laughs> yeah. And while that was <laughs> going on, me and Reed were living on a boat on Percy Priest, and we were just catching uh, uh, We were
0: living on a boat.
2: Yeah, we it lived on a boat for four years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 'Cause it, it was all we could afford. It was it was like a hundred bucks a month between uh for me and a hundred bucks for him. We had free internet. We caught our we'd catch Brim and Crappie and catfish off the deck. And uh we'd dude, eat deer. we eat deer meat, turkey meat, and crop I mean dude, it was some of the it was some of the best times of our lives. But when you start you start getting serious with girls, you know, and the houseboat comes along it's it don't last very long. So <laughs> yeah. We got publishing deals and uh, at separate companies, and raid rights for uh, Fifty Egg and Big Machine, machine co venture, and I write for Sony. Wow, that's kind of the backstory, I
1: guess. Yeah, that's kind of Dan's, and my, mine's more simple. I, you know, as, as a little brother, you always kind of look up to big brother and see what he. And I, I thought I wanted to be an eye doctor, and actually went to UT and did <laughs> I love this story. and did pre optometry school, and I was in Tupelo, Mississippi. At, at one of his Benjamins. Sh- no you're- Joe's it was Joe's wasn't it On yeah it's the same place yeah yeah, yeah. but it, uh, it was their band was playing and mm-hmm. I had a couple to drink you know what I'm saying and uh, my <laughs> girlfriend at the time one that I lost the hunting season uh, before but she girlfriend at the time she called and she was like hey you failed physics again she's like you're not gonna get into optometry school uh, and I was like what and she was like what are you gonna do and I said I think I'm moving to Nashville and she was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm moving to Nashville. <laughs> and right then and there, I decided to move to Nashville and thought. And I, like dance. Dude, like we the-
2: were playing. I remember being like. Yeah. And then walking up and being like, hey. And I was on stage. I was like, yeah. He's like, I failed physics. I'm moving to
1: Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I made the move thinking that I wanted, you know, to do the artist thing. And, and I love singing. and. And I hear melodies in my head and, and, and all that. So I thought I wanted to run the road and, and, and pursue the artist thing, which I was literally on the road one time uh, playing with my band uh, in Texas during deer, deer season. And I called Dan after the show. And I was like, hey, man, what y'all doing? And he's said, we're putting steaks on the grill. And I was like, at hunting camp. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. I think I just want to write songs from that one." Yeah, he <laughs> quit. Once. We, were at, we were at hunting camp. Uh, the Opening
2: day of bow season, and he was like, "That's when he quit." He was like, "Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah enough of this."
1: I think I just want to stay home and write songs. I was like, "What?" He's like,
2: "Y'all think we had this whole plan together and like songs <laughs> built up and all stuff?" He's like, "If y'all think y'all are going to stay in that camper without me during bow season, you're out of your brain. Well, they, they ain't killing my deer, man.
1: They, they ain't killing <laughs> the deer ten right there. That's mine." <laughs>
0: god what a story i love it though man and so it's it's the same thing like when i had when i had your boys from muscadine bloodline on here and i got them to oh, yeah. their backstory. and we I, love
2: the boys man they're they they the real deal
0: they good fellas they real good fellas but I, it's 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 funny like i say when you talk to guys that are in a career path that's based on something that they love there's never Never once have I heard some kind of like cut and dry story. Like I've Dude,
1: followed I'm this. this no, and, there, and, you, and you'll never hear the same one twice. You no. know, everything, it's so personal, and there's no rhyme or reason to how you get here, how you get a publishing deal, or how you meet the right person. But, you know, it, it's such, it's, it does this. Mean, there's and so many parallels. To me,
2: way. there's so many parallels with that and with hunting. And I'm, I'm not, I know you're a hunting podcast, and I'm not trying to just <clears throat> like – do this so i'll be cool on your podcast i'm just saying there, there really are so many parallels it's like dude if you want something bad enough right mm-hmm. you're gonna find a way to do it and that was the way we were with hunting Rio. i mean merriam's in south dakota that's the way y'all were with hunting birds in maine that's the way we figured out how to elk hunt that's we figured out a place to go mule deer hunt what tags we could draw point systems in the west I mean, hunting in Nashville, dude, you know how hard it is to find acreage in Nashville to hunt? There is no acreage. So you find five, six acres here with somebody you cut their yard for. Oh, you help a farmer with his fence. He gives you access to his 20. I mean, it's
1: like. You just got to figure it out, just like you do in the woods. You have to be passionate about it. You have to constantly pursue it. In any hunting situation, you know, if you're alone out there, you're the only one that's got your back. You know, ain't nobody else going to do it for you. And Mm -hmm. and if you want to be successful at something, like they're saying, like Dan's saying, like, you just gotta, you gotta throw and, you know, go throw it all in and go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if you've been,
2: been, hunting in the woods very, very much, but as you, as you probably know, then one fifties don't just come cruising by because you're out there. I wish <laughs> they would sometimes. <laughs> Me too. Oh. oh, they it does to everybody else, but it ain't sure <laughs> don't have to be.
0: No, it don't work that way. I wish it did. Yeah. <laughs> no it, it's fun no i see it because i get the same you know and i'm sure y'all get questions like this too about y'all y'all's career i get questions all the time all of us do like how do you get in the hunting industry and i'm like oh, yeah. you got to want it i mean like you got you got to want it and you gotta be you gotta be willing to put yourself out there to a degree you know like you gotta bet on yourself and oh
2: absolutely you know, okay. that's it bet on yourself absolutely have you ever have you ever noticed that there's like like a small handful of people that'll really go for it. But there's like millions that want to like dip their toe in.
1: Of course. Right. Yeah.
2: Like there's a million people that want to write songs from their home in another state. They don't want to move here and figure it out. Yeah. And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, and, and I remember people telling me that and me being like, man, there's gotta be another way to do it, but there ain't no other way to do it. You get in the mix. You gotta get dirty. You gotta be vulnerable
0: yeah it's like and I've, I've told this story before like the the whole the whole deal that started that springboarded me and being able to contact primos and having them for there even be a reason to get for them to hire me is because i went to an unpaid internship in iowa like no, no but- mississippi me at like 20 years old lo- loaded up a u-haul u-haul in my chevy s10 and drove 12 hours up to southeast iowa and lived hey, off of uh it was funny because it, it what what'd you did do? do what? What you do up there? What was the internship? So there is a there is a show called Midwest Whitetail. Um, oh doing, uh, yeah, I know.
1: Bill, Bill Wakey. Oh yeah. Wakey, he's, he's a real, a real deal, kill, man. Big deer, man.
0: Big Look, man, the year that I was up there was the year that he killed a deer that he called a double G four buck. Yeah, and it scored like two oh four or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I can rem. I can remember. So this is funny. You know, up,
1: that look like to a small town Mississippi kid? <laughs> well, look, I'll tell you.
0: I, I'll tell you. So elk, we get yeah. Look like I, I can remember. I was filming uh, Aaron Warburton because Aaron worked for uh, Midwest at the time. He's with the Hunt Public now. And I grew up in Central Mississippi, man. I'm talking like pine rose. If you saw a deer that you might think crest 120 inches, I mean, you you may fall out the tree stand from fainting. I mean, that's just that, that's a giant, right? So. It was October the 31st, which is like on the verge of rut right there, right? Sure, baby. And we're on a piece of public ground, and we didn't kill this deer, but Aaron had to tell me. I just I was filming him, and I remember all, there was some does, and all of a sudden a doe come running up out of this bottom into this CRP field we were sitting on, and a buck comes out chasing her. And he. I didn't know at a time. As far as like looking at a deer and knowing what he may score, just no concept of it whatsoever. Yeah, but you- I see – this deer that is bigger than anything i've ever put my eyes on in my whole life and again i'm just filming i'm just the camera but i was useless for about 10 seconds because i was just (laughs) it was like a 160 inch 10 point and just I I, and again i we all knew that bill was after that deer and then when we got we all got called that he shot him and we went over there the next day and we saw him I just remember because he'd had him uh, – it was cold enough that night, he just field dressed him. So, the deer, you know, deer was still whole other than, you know, the guts being out. Sure. I just remember seeing that thing. And when, when you see and then get to lay your hands on 204 there. inches of antlers.
1: Hmm. There ain't no telling.
2: No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. We've seen some – we've seen like been in camp with some 180s and 190s. And they were, you remember in in
1: Missouri, 80s, yeah, I or 80s, maybe just 80s, maybe 80s. just 90s. 80s. Maybe yeah. just and man, i don't, man, that's. But that's not that's only big not big. only like up there is their they're big, but those those deer, those, I mean those bodies on those deer up there in Iowa and Northern Illinois, dude, they look like dang Mack trucks.
0: Oh, oh. they're huge. They're huge.
1: They're two times two times as big as any deer down
0: here. Yeah, they're huge. There was um oh just talking about thinking about what y'all talking about living in the boat like when we were unpaid interns, there was three of us in this one little house and Wait,
1: how did you
2: how did you if you were unpaid like literally how did you survive
0: so he he had for the interns he had two housing situations set up, so you didn't have to pay uh you didn't have to pay rent every month you just had to. <laughs> You yeah, have, but you got like eating stuff. Oh no, yeah, look, look. So I worked I worked two jobs that summer and didn't spend anything. I was just saving money. Just saving My money God. all I could. Nice. And but I still, I mean, you gotta go six months without any kind of pay. Oh, so all that money yeah. I saved up when when I drove back to Brandon, Mississippi, that bank account was slim.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh but I bet
2: you were too from not being able to eat
0: nothing. <laughs> Dude, look, we were going, we were going, we'd kill like a doe or something on some public land up there. We'd go, cause honestly, the way those guys do up there, they really don't hunt much until November. Like I, it most season starts in October, like it does here, but they're like, eh, the ruts in November. We were really? going and shooting does and we would live off of that deer because yeah. we didn't want to go buy beef or hot dogs or anything and we were i mean we went rabbit hunting one time and we was just doing whatever we had to do because we don't want to spend money you know (laughs)
2: it's (laughs) also folks shoot yeah ain't nothing wrong with that man bill's character
1: that's yeah
0: man i mean look again like i look back at some of those those two guys i lived with in that house i ain't seen them in years but i still talk to them on the phone and we i mean they was like brothers to me for six months, you know?
1: You look back at those moments and those are, yeah, those are some of the best moments. I miss those days, man. I, yeah. I miss, there's sometimes I'm sitting in my house and just, you know, God, I wish I was back on the boat for a, for a day. <laughs> just to, just to be in it again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the the funniest thing that happened with, with eating the deer is I'm sure if I say backstrap poppers, y'all know what I'm talking about, right?
2: I can, them, course, I can taste them. Of course.
0: Of course. Well, again, it was like the first deer of the year, and uh, it was a doe. Got the backstraps out of her, and I was I was I was like, I'm gonna make some poppers, and they're like, you're gonna do what? I was like, backstrap poppers, mm-hmm. and they're like, what are you What are you talking about? Those boys up there, one of them was from Iowa, the other one was from Wisconsin, had never had a bacon wrapped, cream mm-hmm. cheese, jalapeno backstrap off the grill.
1: I bet you changed their lives at night
0: that he they still like the aj one of the boys still talks about they all i mean they all cook them backstrap poppers now (laughs) i turned their little culinary world upside down i I got the best
2: popper story man when you come so when i came to nashville when me and reed came to nashville there was a uh there was a song. so it sounds crooked, and it's really not. But it's like you got to do what you got to do, like get to know people, right, when you first get here. Because, no, we didn't know anybody of any importance, really. Mm-hmm. And so one of my buddies, um, who's who, – it turns out he's like my brother like now, my brother one of my now, best yeah. friends. Um, he was talking to me. He, he had just given me a ride, and I was riding with him, and he was talking about deer meat. He's like, man, I had not had deer meat in so long. I was like, dude, we got a freezer full of it you should bring your wife and come to the boat and, and have a new baby and brand new baby. That's right. And have some, some poppers one night, <clears throat> some backstrap poppers. Oh my gosh. I love those. I hadn't had them in 15 years. Dude, you tell me when I'll be there. I was like, I got to go home tomorrow. So I'll be back Friday. Won't you come over Friday night, I'll bring up some fresh tenderloin. We'll cook it and blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, plan, make plan on it, plan on it. Right. I go home back to Savannah where I'm from. I lay the tenderloin out and I leave and left the tenderloin out, I come all the way back to Nashville. He calls me. Um, it was, this is the day before. Right. So he calls me, he's like, dude, we're still doing that deer meat. Right. And I was like, Oh, absolutely. And I walk out to my cooler in the trucks, not in there. So my dad was working. I was sweating it the whole next day. I was trying to come up. I was like, well, I'll just go get some beef. I'll do it. And they'll never know the difference. Right. So my dad calls me at six o'clock and he goes, Hey man, I said, what are you doing? He was like, you'll never believe what I just saw. I said, what would you see? He said, man, I'm working up here in Henderson, which is about 15 minutes north of Nashville. And he said, uh, I, I just saw a lady just bust a six-point right in front of me. I was like, where exactly are you? He was like, well, I'm right here by this, uh, by this walk, walking park in downtown. He said, I couldn't believe it. Six-point just ran out in the middle of the road, messed her car up. He said, I helped her get it out of the road so nobody else got hurt. And I said, well, do you know where that deer is? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, could you point me to it? And he's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, have you got a knife in the truck? And he was like, yeah, I got a Swiss Army knife. And I was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> I hop in the truck, drive to Hendersonville. So this is 100%
1: true. Oh, 100%, 100% true. I love it. I hop in the truck, drive
2: to Henderson, Hendersonville. I get up there. He's right in front of a food line. I had to drag the deer across a sidewalk to get it out of, like, the public view. <laughs> I had to get into a field. And I, I cut the back straps out of that deer with a uh, a a a lot, like a sidewalk light shining down on it so I could see it. Doing, uh, I cut them back straps up. I walked in that food line. I had blood all over my hands. I was like, can I use your restroom? And they were just kind of like, yeah, it's oh, back there. Okay. Went and cleaned up. Went back to the boat, marinated them things. They got there at 7.30, ate roadkill, and still this day don't know it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Dude, it was
2: fire, too. It was a little young buck, (laughs) you know, a little fork horn or something, man. It was was awesome. Oh, it was tender then. Oh, real tender. Fred. Dude, fresh.
0: Uh, that tops my popper
2: story. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to top it. I'm oh, to
0: know what it is. That's a better story.
2: <laughs> dude, was, dare get
0: hit. Where's he at?
2: <laughs> dude, we've been writing. We've been writing songs ever since. You know what I mean? He's 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 hung on for them poppers. That's hilarious. And now man. that dude is a full fledged hunter, man. He yeah. he bought property and he's even taught other people how to hunt, man. That's it's awesome. Just, yeah, it just goes to show you, man. Just just experiencing people sometimes it's all you got to do for
0: it to light the fire, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. How – has that happened very often? I mean, like, if you all around people that don't hunt a lot, do you all kind of get to introduce them to it much?
1: Yeah, I – yeah. And, and it hasn't happened for me, like, in the in music scene, you know, yet, really. But, but I, I mean, my friends, you know, we've got a group of friends that come – we call them the Wang Boys, and they come over every Wednesday, or used to before corona hit, and we'll, we'll get back into it. but we throw wings on the grill and just hang out. And, uh, just from them being around us, uh, we've actually in the last couple of years have got property to hunt a, uh, 400 acre farm just south of town with them. With them. We call it the Wayne boy farm. And we go out there on opening days now and we throw up tents and sleep in the back of our trucks and, and talk around the fire, man. And, and it's, and it's things that they've never, you know, they never got to experience when they were younger, but we did, yeah. you know, and, And now that they're getting to experience, they're, they're starting to get married. And my, my best buddy, he just went fishing with me the other day. And he was like, man, he's like, this is, I want to do this with my boy. Like, this is what I never did with my dad, but I want, I want to do this with my boy because, and I was like, dude, ask anybody that went fishing with their dad when they were little. And they'll tell you that those are some of the best days of their life. Mm. And and that's where you learn so much because you're isolated to a boat. And you know, my dad taught me tons and tons of, of great lessons just catching, catching a mess of brim, you know, mm-hmm. with some crickets. and, uh, and you don't, you don't get those moments, you know, sitting on the couch and yeah. watching TV. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's becoming more, you know, now that we're, we're farther into the brand and, and are, are getting a little bit of publicity here and there that it's becoming yeah. people like, Hey man, I want to go hunt with y'all because not only does it look, you know, I want to, I want to experience, you know, harvesting something, but y'all look like y'all have a hell of a time, you know, and it looks fun. And and, yeah, we were getting to take people. It's, it's, I think it's one, of the,
2: one of the biggest advocates for that, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, but our buddy Luke uh, Combs, he he had done a little bit of hunting before he came to Nashville, a little bit of fishing. But, you know, man, until you have somebody that's, like, re- really willing to just sit down and talk you through he, – he wanted to know ethics, right? Sure. Like, he wanted to do it right. the correct way. He wasn't about just shooting something. And he wanted to know how to harvest every piece of meat and put it all. And he just it, yeah. never had anybody really show him, right? Yeah. And so, and if you, I mean, if you ain't been taught, how are you supposed to know, dude? How exactly. are you supposed to know, man? If I if I told you come over here and and play Van Halen on this acoustic, you couldn't do it. Why? Because nobody had ever showed you to do that, and because Van Halen is a bad some bit, right? And you couldn't do that. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't do. it. Somebody <laughs> would have to show you that. And I mean, it's it, it's you're exactly right. And he was. He was at a place where he wanted to learn. Uh, we were already friends and had been writing, and, and he was really interested. He was asking so many questions, so many questions, and uh, we got to take him on the turkey hunt and the deer hunts. And then he bought a big property. It just he got eat up with it, you know. He, 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 the
1: turkey. Yeah,
2: he started going on his own, calling us you know, asking questions, and man, it just it's really turned into a um, lifestyle. Well, a brother. He's turned into a brother. Yeah, right? so those, are
0: the, yeah those are the cool stories to me, too, because obviously it's great, you know, introducing kids and all, but I love hearing stories of folks that are, like, I guess, you know, older in life and they just Absolutely. never got the opportunity to. Yep. And what y'all were able to do for him, and, you know, y'all had the opportunity to be growing up in that environment, and so y'all got to take him and kind of show him the ropes, and now now he's ate up with it.
2: Absolutely. You know? And, you know, he, he would do anything uh, to help help further the cause. Right. He, he, he understands it now. And I mean, he's even influenced. And that's the whole thing, right? That's the trickle down thing, right? How, I mean, I think that's the reason that numbers are down because people our age, I don't know how, how old are you? 28. Yeah. People from, from my age to your age, or even if they're interested in it, they don't know how to ask. Right. They don't know. Well, cause, cause we're taught that it's weird for a, for a dude, you know, a Southern guy, especially, to ask for help towards something or to not know how to do something or, or to not know how to do something correctly. or and Especially if it's hunting, you
0: know, because it's like the thing down here, you're supposed to know how to hunt. So guys that they're almost almost in t- too intimidated to ask because they don't want to sound like they're, you know, yeah. they think they're supposed to know that already. So they're scared to ask questions.
2: And you t- and you start talking about taking something's life, right? You start talking about guns, ammo, uh loading a gun unloading a gun there's some there's some daunting things there uh or, or some things that seem daunting to someone who didn't grow up in it dude if i handed you a 20 gauge eight seven, a 870 and said hey man or 12 gauge Remington 870 and said hey dude unload this thing for me you would know how to pop them shells out in 10 seconds but if you hand them to a guy that had never dealt with that you know, then all of a sudden he's intimidated by that. You've asked him a question, something he feels like he should know how to do, and he doesn't, dude. And and sometimes people don't want to go through that, so You have to walk them through mm-hmm. tenderly, right? But if someone's willing and they're not going to get their feelings hurt by, by you knowing a little bit more than them or whatever, you can really, really show somebody how to, how to do it the correct way. And it can become a lifestyle, which is absolutely mm-hmm. uh, what happened to Luke. And Luke wouldn't know Elmer Fudd. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing out here. You know what I mean? He kind of had a had a plan, but but to know, you know, this is the correct shot. This is the correct shot uh, with a bow. This is mechanical broadheads. This is not mechanical. Broadheads. You know what I mean? It's like right. you're walking them through, uh, you know, the ins and outs and the real intricacies of that of that sport.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's you get. I guess guys like y'all, guys like me. If you have an interest in hunting, we were so lucky to grow up the way that we did, oh you know, because like you so said, there's lucky. just so much stuff that's just second nature because you've been doing it for so long you don't think about it. And when you have guys that are new, you gotta you gotta like almost reset yourself. Be like, okay, I gotta think about everything that I'm doing to explain to them that.
1: And All right, dude,
2: let's just let's just do it right. Let's just do it right here. Let's do a little. Let's do an intro quiz. If a if a turkey walks by you and he's got a short beard on him, what is he?
0: i mean i'm probably gonna shoot him personally but Jake. yeah because <laughs> he's a jake, <laughs> yeah, he's a
2: jake. Yeah, Dude, yeah. if you're not in the wood if you didn't grow up in it you don't know that okay if a deer walks by you and he's a four corn how old is that deer
0: he's probably about a year and a half maybe two and a half
2: exactly so you you know it once you start if you've grown up with it you know that by habit dude you know where do you put the all right so let's say an eight point walks out he looks four and a half five and a half years old where do you put that crosshair
0: I'm going to put it If – I'll well, probably put it right behind his shoulder. I might put it on his shoulder if I don't feel like tracking him.
2: I'm a shoulder-shooting son of a gun. I'll, <laughs> I'll blow him out.
0: See, here's something that, that I – I'm not going to get on a soapbox completely, but I've seen it so many times, and y'all might have too, when it comes to, like, introducing folks that are new to it, whether it be kids, older people, whoever. And – they're excited about it, they're ready to go. They're deer say what they're deer hunting, okay? We're deer hunting. Yeah. And they're on a place, I mean, it ain't like a manicured farm, like maybe it's just a family place that's 130 acres. Gotcha. And they get told or so, you know, a deer walks out and it is a state legal deer, but they get or and either they don't shoot the deer because the person tells them it's not to, because the deer's not old enough, or they shoot a deer. And then they get scolded for it because they didn't shoot the right one.
2: Buck shaming, dude. Can't stand it. No, Can't stand, it, stand me. Gets me hot on the back of my neck right
0: now. Because like again, All right. Now, me personally, even if I'm in a state where it's legal, I'm probably not going to shoot a Jake. Sure. If I have a person that's not been doing it long at all or they've never killed a turkey and it's legal and that Jake comes in. Bust that thing. He's going to get dealt with.
2: Oh, especially <laughs> if, he, if he messes up and gobbles. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Don't that's do like that, player. Don't do that. Talk like a man get dealt with like one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing.
2: Yeah, man, there's a lot of that goes on, and, and, and I wish that would go away because I think, again, I think that's another one of those um, – just another reason for somebody not to mess with
1: it. Yeah. yeah it just goes against everything that that hunting you know is you know in its core it's it's community it's you know it, it's it's personal you know it's it's not you don't win at it you yeah. know you, you're just you have fun in your, in your experience yeah and your experiences and, and success is different between each hunter you know and and as long as as it's as it's real to you and true to you and you're having a good time and and that's an animal that, that you want to, you know, take and harvest and, and make that memory, man, and tell people about it, dude, pull the trigger.
0: Have fun with it. That's like uh, the best one of the best examples is I'm a big fan of dove season, right, especially down here. And so a guy that worked with us named Ben, he was from Minnesota. And the first dove season where he came down and he kind of saw how everyone did it down here, he's like, man, no one dove hunts like this where I'm from. It's huh. like dove hunting to y'all is like a whole social event and it is like there's so much more like the the opening weekend of dove season is honestly one of my favorite weekends of the year and oh. the actual hunting part is just One part of it, like we have a thing, we go over to our buddy's house, we cook out the night before, we stay up late, we tell old stories, we wake up early the next morning, we shoot doves, we come back, we eat breakfast, we watch the Mississippi State football game because that's usually when football season starts. Back, (laughs) (laughs) but I I get what you're saying, man. It's and that's why I'm thankful and want to have guys like you on this podcast because if there's somebody out there that is actively portraying hunting the way that it's supposed to be portrayed, I appreciate them. And I want to give them any kind of light that I can give them. And
1: thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. It's
2: funny. We, we did this year. We did, uh, we tried to post every day of Turkey season, you know, and, and, uh, we get started getting a lot of replies from these national people like, man, y'all are, y'all just aren't killing nothing. We're like, (laughs) Oh, they, these guys don't get it. Like, they think you're supposed to kill every day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's
1: like yeah.
2: they don't realize yeah, the well. grind and how many – that the majority of the season, the majority of the hunts, you're not killing, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, taking is any kind of hunting. It's a, it's a chess game. It is a, it's a process of slowly putting the puzzle together. Absolutely. That's what it is.
2: Yeah, man. And I, I mean, I, you were talking about <coughs> – talking about, like, Hunts that mean something to you. And when we were living over there on the boat, I'll never forget. I was convinced I was going to turkey hunt that year. I didn't care. We didn't have any property at the time. We didn't have nothing. And I found a small sliver of of Army Corps land that was on the lake that we were on. And uh me and my wife now, she's my girlfriend at the time, went over there one evening and scouted and and got a bird to gobble. Mm. I went over there. Uh, a couple mornings later, and sat down on a tree and called that bird in and shot him on public ground, on lake public ground, man. And I remember, I mean, dude, that has to go down as one of the top Five things that ever happened in my life, man. I you mean, you don't know. I
1: mean, and you can't right now. Like, it doesn't matter how big that turkey was, how much he weighed. He no. had a long beard or long no. furs. It doesn't matter, dude. It was, it was, it was about your personal success in that moment. You know, the other one I
2: think about is when me and you were on that that saddleback ridge at Wayne County. Remember, you killed that turkey. And we were walking back, and the sun was out, dude. And it just started raining like crazy. And we didn't have anywhere to go, and it was just soaking us. But we had a turkey on our back, and we were walking the mile back to camp. And dude, it was just like, I was like, man, this is this is heaven, man.
1: <laughs> and, that's happened, and that's happened even on mornings where we ain't killed nothing, for sure. You know, and, and you walk back, and you, if you're coming out of a stand to see a sunset, man, like, like, you can't, you know. That's that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, I got to. uh this uh, I, I took my dad turkey hunting last spring, and uh, especially with the Primo stuff and traveling around and like we do, I don't get to hunt with Pop that much anymore. Oh, we're the same way. Yeah. And uh, took him out, and it was it was a April morning. You know, usually Mississippi April, the birds are really starting to act right, and turkeys were. I think we had like four different turkeys gobbling, and ended having two come in gobbling, and Dad shot and he missed, which was kind of a bummer, but. Yeah. At the same time, I was like, man, it's okay, yeah. you know, because I ain't got to hunt with dad in a long time. It's not every morning you get to call in two turkeys in Mississippi. No. It's not every morning you got to see the spring come alive and turkeys gobbling like that. It's, it's about the whole process.
2: No doubt.
0: Man. Like, like Wilbur told me one time after I missed a turkey, he said, hey, think about it this way. You got to experience the full success of a turkey hunt, and now you ain't got to get your hands dirty. you just just no, going to try man. again.
1: Absolutely. We've always said, you know, if 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 you could breed life back into the animal and send him back into the woods and hunt him all over again, it would be perfect.
2: Wow, well, he mm-hmm. said that. He never says that because he always misses.
1: Do, do I always miss? I no, got a ten okay, point. We got a ten not, point hanging maybe up maybe here. That says a different. Maybe not. Always. <laughs>
0: Man, look, guys. I think I've, I think I've gone past the allotted time that I said. i was sorry, making. dude.
1: We didn't even hardly get in. We gonna have to do another one. We got a lot more to talk about.
0: That's fine. Y'all are easy to, you can, to hey. You get up,
1: come on ours. You come on ours next
0: time. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Look, look. So, guys, the brothers Hunt. They have a podcast. They have an Instagram. These are if you can't tell from the conversation that was had, these <laughs> some interesting, entertaining guys. So <laughs> definitely look them up.
2: Good things. I um, appreciate it. We're going to get you that sweatshirt too. Buddy. Heck yeah, that's
0: I like it. It's in that Mossy Oak Bottomland too. Hey, man.
2: See, that's another thing you can teach people. Why not? Why don't I wear a real tree? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's, just, it's easy.
0: It's just, why would you when there's are
2: <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having us on,
0: dude. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, guys, I hope y'all enjoyed it. As always, thank you for listening to Speak the Language podcast.